show hospitality to one another without grumbling. First Peter 4.9. You're listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast devoted to equipping the members of Emmaus Road Church to make and to multiply disciples of Jesus Christ in Sioux Falls. I'm Ryan Chase. I'm one of the elders at Emmaus Road, and we're talking about the one another commands of the New Testament. First Peter 4.9 is so intriguing to me. It says, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Uh, we've already done two episodes on hospitality, and here's a third one. Why does Peter add that particular qualification, show hospitality to one another without grumbling? He could have just left it at show hospitality to one another. What does it mean to do that without grumbling, and and why is that there? I think it's there because grumbling is precisely what we are tempted to do when we show hospitality. Different situations present different temptations, and it's not hard to see how trials, uh, sources of heat and challenges in our lives can present temptation. Uh, If you're going through some affliction, you may be tempted to doubt God's goodness. Uh, Temptation to sin comes up. Maybe a a billboard or a pop-up ad appears. You may be tempted to lust. But we don't always realize that doing good can come with unique temptations. Blessings from God can present unique temptations. When you experience God's favor, his blessing, there is a temptation there to forget God and boast in yourself. Likewise, when you show hospitality, which is a good thing, something that we're called to do, you may be tempted to grumble. So what exactly is grumbling, this kind of grumbling that Peter's talking about? Grumbling is behind-the-scenes discontentment. In fact, the Greek word here translated into grumbling means behind-the-scenes talk, secret talk. It's it's whispering, murmuring. Uh, the word can actually describe speech that expresses either discontentment, kind of negative talk, or satisfaction, uh, positive talk. Uh, what it has in common, all of this kind of speech, is that it's all behind-the-scenes talk, or as one lexicon says, it's utterance made in a low tone of voice. So we see uh, a positive instance of it in John 7, 12, where it says there was much muttering about Jesus among the people. Some said he's a good man. Others said, no, he's leading the people astray. So whether people had a negative or positive opinion of Jesus, there was all of this behind-the-scenes whispering, muttering, uh, talking about Jesus, utterances in, in a low tone of voice. So certainly in 1 Peter 4, 9, where Peter's encouraging Christians to show hospitality to one another, uh, there's a negative context there of complaining, grumbling, discontentment. But it's that behind the scenes part of it that is especially key. Uh, What's wrong with grumbling when you show hospitality is that it's duplicitous. It, It expresses one attitude in public and another in private. Maybe you've lived out a scene like this where just before company arrives, uh, everything in the home is a mess. There are sinful attitudes all over, sinful tones of voice, sinful behavior. And then the doorbell rings and what happens? You open the door and you smile and you say, hi, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, welcome. And everybody puts on a a happy face. Um, There's one attitude behind the scenes and another that's shown in public. Show hospitality without grumbling means that there should not be that kind of two-facedness about us. There should not be one attitude toward people behind the scenes and another when the doorbell rings. There shouldn't be side conversations. There shouldn't be uh, whispering in the kitchen about somebody who's sitting out in the living room. There shouldn't be uh, 
eye rolls between anybody in the house, all of these ways of secretly communicating some behind someone's back, some kind of disapproval or frustration with somebody else who's present. Now, now here's the thing. The remedy is not to be such an open book that you just let your sinful attitudes and thoughts hang out there uh, to open the door to the Smiths and continue to display that kind of sin. The remedy is to quickly and immediately repent of those sinful attitudes as soon as you recognize them so that you bring your heart attitude in line with what you know to be the appropriate expression of warmth and care. Uh, Just like you can immediately change your tone of voice when the doorbell rings, we ought to get quick at immediately changing our heart through repentance, turning to God as soon as we notice our attitudes are wrong. Our thoughts are wrong. Our desires are wrong. Turning to God in repentance, asking him for forgiveness, uh, assuring our hearts before him that we have his forgiveness. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then we should cling to Jesus. We should look to him for all of the strength that we need so that our hearts are continually being brought into alignment with the appropriate attitude, uh, love and warmth and generosity and kindness that we ought to have for others. So this is key. First Peter 4, 9, show hospitality without grumbling. Uh, Sometimes hospitality is easy. Maybe the people coming over uh, are enjoyable people. Uh, No matter what, hospitality always involves some amount of extra work. There are extra places to set, extra mouths to feed, extra food to prepare, extra beds to make, extra laundry to do after guests leave. Um, There's always some level of extra. Sometimes that's pleasant and it's especially challenging when uh, somebody you're showing hospitality to is ungrateful or full of self-pity or whining or whatever. Those kinds of dispositions can make it especially difficult. But Peter is warning us that just as we uh, have some sense we ought to act kindly towards others, we should bring our attitudes into alignment with that as well so that we're not whispering, grumbling about people as soon as they leave or before they show up. Uh, We want our attitudes from beginning to end to be in line with the love and, and charity that God calls us to show And I think there are a few other things we can learn from this text. The immediate context, the the verses right before it and after it are are brilliant. Verse 8 says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Love covers a multitude of sins. And so here's the above all command. This is the one another command that we started with. Love one another. And Peter says, keep loving one another earnestly. That is... um, continuously, constantly, unwaveringly, keep on doing this because love covers a multitude of sins. So when you show hospitality, you open up your home or you open up your life and you, you, you share life with other people, there will be a multitude of sins that come out over time. And that can be very difficult and challenging to deal with. 
but love covers a multitude of sins. The idea of covering goes back to the Old Testament sacrifices and the idea of expiation, that the blood of the sacrifice covers the sin from God's sight so that he He blots it out. He doesn't count our sin against us. That's the very thing that God does to our sin. Psalm 32, 1, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Or Psalm 85, 2, you forgave the iniquity of your people. You covered all their sin. God ultimately makes a, a permanent covering for our sins through the person and the work and the blood of Jesus Christ. We are covered in his righteousness. And so if that's how God treats us, Peter's saying that this is how we ought to treat one another. Uh, by loving others and bearing with them, we are willing to overlook offenses and cover a multitude of sins just like God has covered our sin. I think Peter's referring to Proverbs 10, 12, actually, which says, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. So when you share life with others in community, there will be a multitude of sins. And what's needed is this mindset, above all, keep loving one another earnestly. Then the verses right after the command to show hospitality say this, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Anytime we serve, the temptation will be to rely on our own strength, to seek our own glory. And so Peter says, when you serve, you ought to serve by the strength God supplies. And here's why. So that, in order that, in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. So, so how do you do that? How do you serve? How do you show hospitality? How do you overlook offenses by God's strength and not your own? Uh, I've referred before to the acronym from John Piper, APTAT, A-P-T-A-T. I love that outline because it's a, a practical tool, a way for us to just walk our own hearts and minds through this process of relying on God's grace and not our own strength. Uh, the A is to admit. Admit your weakness. Admit your lack of desire, your lack of ability. Admit to God your need for him. Pray. That's the P. Pray and ask God for help. T is trust. Trust a specific promise from God. Trust him to supply the grace you need, the strength, the energy that you need, and then act. Go through with the task with the responsibility with the duty that's before you you carry it out trusting in a promise consciously holding in your mind some truth from god you act on that and when it's all said and done the last t is thank you thank god for being faithful for keeping his promise for giving you what you need for uh, using that act of service that you put out there uh, to edify other people and to help somebody. You thank God for his faithfulness. That's one way to rely on God's grace instead of our own strength. Hospitality is a way to serve others. Uh, hospitality is to be done, therefore, in the strength that God supplies. It, it's not entertaining. I think that's an important distinction. Gospel hospitality is not entertaining. Uh, to entertain people treats people like an audience, audience members to be impressed, whereas hospitality treats people like family members to, to love, to care for, to serve, to know. Uh, so, so when you're showing hospitality, keep that in mind. You're not trying to impress people. You're trying to serve in the strength God supplies so that those people would taste and see and experience God's grace, that they would know and love Jesus more, that they would know the love of Jesus for them through their experience of gospel community. That's 
at the heart of gospel hospitality. So hospitality is just a, a tangible way to steward, therefore, God's grace that has been lavished upon you. Verse 10, again in 1 Peter 4, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Keep that in mind when you show hospitality. You have received grace from God, and Peter says you are like a steward of this grace. And when you serve, when you serve others, you are stewarding that grace. That's what you're doing, stewarding the grace of God deposited in you so that the impact, the the effect of that grace is maximized in the lives of many more people who will steward that grace and serve others out of the overflow of, of God's generosity to them. So gospel hospitality requires the strength God supplies. Uh, flesh and blood can throw parties make food, um, entertain people. You don't need the Spirit of God to do that. Flesh and blood can do that, but only the Spirit of God can supply you with the strength that you need to show hospitality without grumbling uh, for the purpose of helping others come to know and love and treasure and enjoy Jesus. So may that be true in the community of people at Emmaus Road Church for the glory of Jesus, for our joy, and for the good of this city. Thanks for listening to Make and Multiply. If you have questions about anything related to discipleship huddles, missional communities, or gospel fluency, please email me at ryan at EmmausRoadSF.com. And if you're not currently part of a huddle or MC, let me know and I would love to help you get connected. Mm-hmm.